The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonhalls, or Success Publishing International. More willpower than a barefoot woman at a shoe sale. Able to stretch a single paycheck for an entire month. Makes money concepts easier than third grade math. Introducing your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls. Work all day, stress all night. Take your mind off your money and focus on your life. Money don't matter or the stuff it bought. It's the way you think, not what you got, yeah. Unlock Your Wealth Radio starts now. Get your money mind right. Today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from, from your iPod, for, for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. My apologies, Audible. <laughs> oh, welcome. At least I know it's a live endorsement every time. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for stopping by. We are so glad to have you. I'm Heather Wagonhalls, flanked by my producer extraordinaire, Michael Terry. Hey, hey. He's waving at you, if you could see. Unlock your wealth, radio listeners. And we, together, will help you get your money mind right on today's show with the following great features. Our key today in our Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, we're ready for the one-two punch. This is what makes us separate from the rest of the financial gurus. Well, actually, there's a lot that does. But this week's key specifically makes us different from the rest of the money gurus. And that is practicing the three R's. And no, it's not reading, writing, arithmetic. And so if you are a new listener, you'll just have to wait till the segment. Ooh, I got you at attention. That was a good sound effect. Why, thank you. I made it myself. Can you do that again? That's my paper. Yes. As I focus on our next topic, which is our moolah word of the day is going to be about trusts. We're on this kind of trusty theme. You know, we have revocable and irrevocable. And now we are learning about the five and five. So stay tuned for that coming up on today's show. Minutes on your money. I'm going to quiz Michael and he doesn't know this yet. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Look at the panic setting in and his face. On the six money traps you should avoid emotionally. Our trivia question is always based on a previous show, and this question is based on Forget the Perfection Principle. And today's guest is uh, baby boomer estate planner Linda Amato. And as always, we will talk about your money, your credit, and how to get ahead in any economy. We will also show you how to manage your money easier, saving time and reducing stress, using these proven techniques for you to create unlimited wealth and Happiness. Yay. Happiness. Happy money. Money's almost better than happy, isn't it? I'd rather have happy money than sad money. Oh, yeah. So Insiders Club members are entered automatically in weekly giveaways, but if you are not a member and would still like to compete for great money management tools, just answer today's trivia question correctly. Not just answer it, but you got to get it right. You got to get it right. Got to get it right. So last week's key was forget the profession principle. And the trivia question is, in the forget the perfection principle key, we talked about the message and the mistake. 
and trying to glean that out in our four-step process. And when we talked about forgiveness, the question is, who is the forgiveness for? Who is the forgiveness for? And it's a good thing that we're not on TV. (laughs) It's for Marty. It's our prosperity poochie coming in the door. Forgiveness is for him, so the trivia question is over. No, just kidding. Who is forgiveness for? If you think you are a winner, all you have to do is call in, chat in, or email in to win. To call in, simply call 866-966-9420. That's 1-866-966-9420. You can hop in the chat room if you're listening live, but if you're not, never fear, email is here. You can still win if you're listening from a podcast, and perhaps the question was never answered correctly, so you, too, can be a lucky winner. Send your email to trivia at uywradio.com. That's trivia at uywradio.com. And if you have no idea what the answer is, never fear. Everyone can walk away a winner. That includes you, Unlock Your Wealth Radio Nation. Uh, just snag Audible's free audiobook download and 30-day trial, just giving you the opportunity to check out their service. Visit the website for more details. And now it's time for Minutes on Your Money. And I would like to talk about this great article I found from LearnVest.com. Uh, stressed about money? Six thinking traps that you should avoid. So whether you're pulling your hair out because you can't seem to save enough money for an emergency fund or you're having a hard time dealing with your significant other's spending habits, various types of money anxiety can be triggered by one what experts label thinking traps. So let's see if you have some of these thinking traps. So thinking trap number one, personalizing or externalizing. So Michael, when a financial problem arises, do you either think it's completely due to something that you did and screwed up, or do you always blame everyone else around you instead of taking the responsibility? Oh, I never blame anybody else. I'm I'm old enough not to do that now. Okay, but do you personalize it too? No, I just sort of say this is this is life and this is something I got to deal with. Okay, well, that's good. That's really healthy. That's what they say, is that uh, you shouldn't think extremely one way or the other. Um, But uh, an all-or-nothing approach usually isn't accurate, and you don't always have a window into why the decision went the way that it did. And so it's better to just think, you know, c'est la vie. Absolutely. So good job on number one. Okay. Okay, so now that you walk on water, (laughs) well, you're one for six so far, so we still have a few more. So thinking trap number two, magnifying and minimizing. So what it is is uh, a human tendency to magnify the bad and minimize the good because just as individuals, we are drawn to catastrophe, you know, like everybody rubbernecks at an accident. So do you happen to do that? Do you magnify the bad and minimize the good? No, I think I I I got that under control. I mean, I, I, I do get... A little stressed out if a big, if a crazy medical bill comes through, and and a, but the first thing I do is I pick up and I challenge the bill, and usually I get, you know, somebody knocks it down for me. Three hundred dollars for a band aid? Yeah, I mean, usually it's something silly, you know, the, you know, the whole insurance, you know, that 
they'll, the doctor will run it through the insurance company, and then the you know the doctor usually blows it way out of proportion. Mm-hmm. But the you know, and then I'll say I don't have insurance or I have a big deductible. Oh, well then it's only going to cost you this much. Yeah. You know, well what you know why would why would you put somebody almost through a heart attack? Right. Instead of just saying beforehand you don't have insurance, so this is going to cost you probably one-third of what we're going to charge you. Yeah. Why not tell somebody that? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I always say, hey, I'm a cash customer. Yeah. So I say that right up front. So they're like, look, at, they're like, oh, phew, so they don't have to give me the, yeah. so, the yeah. sad pitch. Yeah. That's what I usually do. But I am, too, in a sense, because my deductible's always been so high that I'm, I'm a cash customer, too, but they, they do run it through. Mm-hmm. I just save my receipts. Yeah. Stuff like that. But I remember when I cut my finger off and I went to go get it sewn back on. You know, they like the doctor hasn't even performed the thing. I have no idea what it's going to cost. But they said if I gave him a credit card right then and there that I would save like 30%. Yeah. Off the top. And I'm like, we don't even know how much it's going to be. Yeah. Can't you tell me how much it's going to cost? No, we can't. And I'm like, I was like, it's not that bad. It's still hanging on. He can sew it on, right? We'll be fine. But yeah, so, um, well, that's good because... You know, personalizing things and, and blowing things out of proportion kind of fall hand in hand with this catastrophic thinking of magnifying things, mm-hmm. you know, and making the worst seem worse, mountains out of molehills, yeah. and making the good seem less so. Trivial. Yeah. You know, but it's just like if you think about it, 20 people can say, oh, my gosh, Michael, I love your new haircut. And one person says, dude, what were you thinking? <laughs> what are you going to remember? The dude, what were yeah. you thinking? Yeah. You're going to remember that one negative one. So. Yeah, so magnifying and minimizing is another trap. So here's one that I see people get into all the time, and I've seen this in my financial coaching practice. And some people overgeneralize. So it's like people say, okay, you know, you walk through a parking lot and you see a stranger's Ferrari and think, well, he's a lot richer than I am. He probably makes hundreds of thousands of dollars and has a beautiful home and a perfect family. Why is his life so great and mine is so yucky? I do make generalizations. I probably don't make them in that way. I don't have. I don't think I have a chip on my shoulder. But I like to. I I love to analyze the world. So I'll look out into the world and I'll and I'll, I'll make mm-hmm. I'll make uh, conclusions based right. on, based on what I see. And you know why we do that? It's the brain. You know, the brain is always striving for efficiency. So instead of waiting for more instances to support your case, right. you know, like, you know, meeting more people with Ferraris and, and stuff to ch- figure out that it's not only just one rich guy and his life is perfect and yours isn't, right. making silly comparisons, the brain strives for efficiency. And so, mm-hmm. it, it, and it's easy for us to take one instance and then make a blanket statement, sure. Sure. you know, so, um, you know, to, to make sweeping statements is one example of that. So you have a bad experience with a person of a particular ethnicity or religious background. And then so you say, oh, well, they're just this way. And you make this sweeping statement about all of them, you know, where, you know, there's bad apples in every barrel. Absolutely. You know, but that doesn't make every barrel bad. Right. You know, so so that's a great example of overgeneralizing. Trap number four, being pessimistic. 
So uh, picture this. It's 3 a.m. You wake up because there have been rumors that your company is downsizing. You decide that you're going to get fired with no income. You won't be able to keep up your mortgage payments, so you'll lose your house. Then your spouse will be so angry that she will divorce you and take your kids. You'll have a tough time finding a new job in this economy, so you're end up penniless on the street corner wearing tattered clothes, eating scraps of food from garbage cans and begging for money. This is uh, another form of catastrophic thinking, but it's being pessimistic. Have you ever let it escalate out of control like that? No, not, not in years. I mean, I'm, I've been self-employed all my life, so I, I've always controlled my own destiny. So I, I just... Yeah, so if it's meant to be, it's up to me is kind of your attitude. That's, that's always been mine. But a way to stop this type of thinking is to analyze what is truly possible and what isn't. If your company downsizes, you could lose your job and your home. Yeah, it's possible, but it might motivate you to be positive to set up an emergency fund. Yeah. You can take and turn that frown upside down. Yeah. And turn that negative into a positive and use that information instead of to make it seem like you're going to be homeless to like, well, maybe I should prepare financially for something like this if I think that that's what's going to happen. All right, good job. Two more. Uh, Trap number five, assuming that someone can read your mind. Now, outside of me, or at least my husband will tell you that, that I'm always trying to read his mind. (laughs) Maybe your live-in boyfriend likes to spend a lot of your shared income on new video games or fishing equipment, and it makes you anxious since the two of you don't have a lot of disposable income floating around after you pay the rent. You assume that he knows this habit concerns you, so you keep quiet about it for days, weeks, months, or even years until a huge argument erupts. By that point, resentment's built up, and you're beyond frustrated. Meanwhile, he's confused and surprised that this is even an argument, and And it seemed like what started as a tiny irritant has now become a major relationship issue. Have you ever thought somebody should read your mind about something like that in relationships? They should know how you feel about their money habits. Hmm. Interesting. There probably was a time, you know, but definitely not now. Yeah. I always thought that my former husband would figure it out that I felt like, do I really have to state this yeah, overtly? I would say the same thing. And by the time I did, I mean, I fell for that too. Yeah. It wasn't fishing equipment or video games. Um, it was, uh, it was, uh, BMX and, and mountain bike yeah. parts that are like a thousand dollars for a fork yeah. and stuff. And it was just ridiculous. So yeah. And, and, and I was just like, really? And so my whole mindset was, well, I just got to go work harder, but I'm thinking, why am I working harder so he can have more fun? This is totally not fair. Yeah. I, I can't go do the things I want to do. I don't think I've been in that position. All right. Well, you're fortunate. Yeah. All right. And last but not least, reasoning with your emotion. This occurs when you allow your heart and not your head to guide your thinking. For instance, you might think, I'm feeling anxious, so there must be another recession coming on. All my mutual funds are going to take a hit. I can feel it. I should probably take out all of my money right now. Probably guilty of that. Are you? If you react like this, you could get financially burned because there's no logic to back up your decision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and what do we learn in take emotion out of the picture? Our fifth key. Yeah. We learn that when we get emotional, we start dumping hormones, and biologically, we can't use our logic third brain. It gets chemically shut off from action. Yeah. So the way to stop this is to put money back into the stock market or stop taking the money out. Talk to a financial advisor and find out what the actual state of the economy is. And you've got to remember, the stock market goes up and down. And guess what? Just because someone loses doesn't mean everybody's losing. Somebody's winning. And so you just got to ride it out.
and make it happen. Well, that's it for Minutes on Your Money. We have Moolah Word of the Day. We have our interview with Linda Amato and Keith Riches coming up on Unlock Your Wealth Radio. Stay tuned for more after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt again like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on Fort Myers Beach Radio for your morning cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback, and we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your maven of moolah, with your moolah word of the day. And it's actually a phrase this week. It's five by five power in trust. Okay, so that's quite a bit. The five by five power in trust is the clause that's included in some trusts that allows a beneficiary to withdraw 5% or $5,000 of the fair market value of the trust each year, whichever is more. So if the portfolio is doing well and and five grand is less than 5%, you can max out at 5%. But if the portfolio did crappy, you get five grand or uh, five grand annually. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> You get, you get the five grand if the portfolio isn't managing itself well. But that way, you kind of protect your principal. So it's a way for parents to parent from the grave, if you will, and be able to control assets after their passing. So it's a unique tool that can be included in trust if you're worried about your kid going out and partying it away and frivoling it all on drugs and cheap women and booze and all that stuff and toys and clothes and whatever else they don't need. So, yeah, 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 that's exactly why nobody left you a trust. Yeah. Because they didn't want you to have any fun, Michael. (laughs) Just kidding. So let's talk about our guest. I'm so excited to have Linda Amato on. Uh, Linda is a New York City-based attorney in private practice. Her unique background is in asset management, healthcare, and law, and it's allowed her to develop an expertise in estate planning matters. 
enabling her to identify and create optimal plans for each of her clients. She's passionate about working with individuals and families as well as businesses. And she's dedicated to helping her clients avoid probate and minimize federal and state taxes. And I'm all about giving um, Uncle Sam the big middle finger, the half a peace sign. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the more, the older I get and the more libertarian I become, I'm all about being over Uncle Sam. Uh, before her career in law, she was in the healthcare industry where she practiced for 20 years, so she has an extensive background of entitlements, Medicare, Medicaid, veterans benefits, and coupling that with all of her legal work and estate planning practice, she brings a unique perspective for baby boomers. And let's welcome Linda Amato to the show. Linda, I'm so glad to have you on Unlock Your Wealth Radio today. Thank you, Heather. It's nice to uh, participate. I am so excited to have you on as an estate planning attorney because we've just recently covered our five areas of concern and asset preservation is one of the most important, you know, because you think about building all of this wealth. Yeah, we're going to work a whole lifetime. We're going to build all of this wealth and then either Uncle Sam is going to take it, you know, because we haven't figured out our tax situation or how to manage that or how to mitigate that or, you know, we're going to leave this planet prematurely and then we haven't done any controlling instruments that say what we want done with our stuff when we're gone. And so then, you know, our court system gets to decide who gets the brass eagle that sits on the edge of of the father's desk in the office and that sort of stuff. And um, then there's also other things. It's like, you know, do I even want to have people try to resuscitate me as I get older, you know, or do I want organ transplant? What do I want done? There's all these questions that people don't think about that don't seem like they're related to money management, but for effective personal finance management, these are things that if we don't decide these things and memorialize them in writing, we're going to have problems with later on. So what would you say are the most essential estate planning documents that people need to be focusing on? Well, I agree with um, all of your comments, Heather. I think you're, you, you you have really kind of touched upon some very uh, sensitive issues that get overlooked when people are thinking about traditional estate planning. They're, they're thinking about a will or a trust and how to maybe mitigate some uh, estate planning uh, tax implications. Um, but today, when we look at estate planning, we really are looking at an Amer- in a very holistic approach, and we're, we're looking at documents beyond a will and a trust, and we're, 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 we encourage our clients to have essential documents, including a power of attorney form, health care uh, documents, including a HIPAA form, a uh, health care proxy, a living will, um, in addition to having either a will or a trust in place that's going to address their actual distributions to their beneficiaries. Um, so we always encourage that when you're, when you're looking to work with a client that you're getting them to, to also look at these healthcare documents. They really are essential. And, you know, I think about um, uh, 
it's not so much about what happens when we die because because you brought up those health care directives that, you know, what happens if we are alive, but maybe we've had a stroke or we've been, you know, in some way we've been unable to communicate. We're We're here. We're looking at you, but maybe our lips aren't moving or maybe they are moving, but you can't hear anything. Maybe uh, we can't write. Maybe we've got paralysis or some sort of an injury and people have to guess. And, and unless, you know, we have mind readers in the family, I mean, how are we to really know without those kind of things? Who makes those decisions if we don't have those documents in place? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a big problem. And, you know, I think that um, you you know, we're seeing even in the news lately, there are cases that are um, getting a lot of attention uh, in reference to unexpected um, situations where people are ending up in the emergency rooms of hospitals and suddenly uh, due to a brain aneurysm or uh, something very unexpected, they're young and they're uh, put on a life support system, and basically families are being uh, approached with end-of-life decisions that have become very, very, very complicated and uh, will often pull family members apart because they're not on the same page as to what they think maybe that loved one would want. And so that's why it's so important in that you take charge of your decisions, whether they are related to your finances or your health care, and put a plan in place so that you can alleviate the burden for your loved ones. Uh, to get back to your specific question, what would happen is uh, I, I have a health care background before I practiced law. I was uh, practicing in uh, health care as a licensed clinical social worker. And very often these things came up and uh, there would be a committee in a hospital that would make a decision uh, and would have to interview different family members. And it's terribly, terribly stressful. And it's not what you want your loved ones to be burdened with uh, at a time that is very important for them to be uh, taking care of their emotional needs to get them through uh, such a terrible and, and, and uh, traumatic situation. Well, yeah. And, you know, do you really want a committee of people you may never have met making decisions based on, exactly. you know, what your relatives think of you at any given moment? <laughs> you know, exactly. you know, I would hate to think, you know, they interview like some uncle of mine. She borrowed my lawnmower and I still don't have it back. Yes. Let her go. Definitely. And <laughs> Well, you know, Heather, this also comes into play with not only um, health care decisions, but also financial decisions. We see very often uh, elderly people not taking care of uh, their finances and putting the right documents in place to help them in the event of disability. And the same thing happens. Somebody being a court, uh, a judge, has to make a decision. It's called living probate. Uh, a petition has to be made to the court if somebody uh, is, uh, let's say, elderly and is, is really failing in the community, um, does not have uh, somebody has power of attorney or uh, does not have a trust in place, uh, plans can't be put into place to take care of that person. There's no authority to hire someone to go in their home and take care of them, or, or maybe they need to be in something more structured like a nursing home. 
And what happens is that the individual, the elderly person, is put through a very, very um, humiliating process where they have to actually take into court, regardless of their medical condition, and a judge has to make a decision as to whether or not somebody needs to be appointed a guardian. Now, judge has no idea what your relationships are with your family members, has no idea what your wishes may be, and basically is put in a position to appoint someone. Now, it puts you in a very vulnerable position, an elderly person, because someone may come out of the woodwork that may be seem to be uh, a person uh, that would be of interest uh, because they they are a, a blood relative, but maybe that person isn't somebody that you had a good relationship with. Judge yeah. doesn't know that. Uh, somebody with a somebody yeah. that really that, that you don't like, and now that person is in charge of your care. All these things can be avoided with proper planning. Right. And, and and I know that we like to think that we're always going to be capable and able to make decisions. And, and I know that, you know, I took a, some classes when I was working on my conflict management designation, and I took a couple of gerontology classes. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that it talked about was, you know, that our, our locus of control and our unwillingness to either admit A, we're aging, or B, delegate effectively while we still have the mental capacity to do so. And we're not in a diminished exactly. capacity trying to delegate based on emotion or who's in front of you, you know, because you could have the one child that's been derelict your entire life all of a sudden come back and, you know, suck up and try to be nice and and interrupt the flow of things. And just because they happen to be the, the only one that's around at the time, that they're exactly. the one you know, they get control of your estate and you can totally put yourself in a vulnerable position. I'm super glad you brought that up. I have a bunch more questions for you because you made me start thinking about things, especially with the proximity of boomers now that are retiring and they're taking care of their parents. Maybe they've got kids that have returned back and that they flew the coop and now they're back in the nest and you're like, wait a minute, this nest was empty. What the heck? (laughs) So... uh, I'd love to start talking about that after the break. You are listening to Linda Amato on Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and we'll be right back with more after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Anna Wagonhall. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on the Jiggy Jaguar radio network for your cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. 
We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback. And we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhall. And I have Linda Amato, estate planning goddess extraordinaire, joining us on today's show. And uh, we are talking about our fifth part, our, our fifth area of concern in our five areas of concern, which is asset preservation. And before the break, you did a wonderful job, Linda, of describing why we need estate planning for ourselves. And so the baby boomers... Um, maybe they have that set in place, maybe they don't, but a growing concern for baby boomers right now is, you know, with this fabulous term, compression of morbidity, meaning that we're living longer and at a higher quality of life than what we used to, thanks to the miracles of modern technology. Uh, we sometimes are taking care of our parents as baby boomers and and so like while we're supposed to be in our prime and in our retirement now we're having to deal with our parents and you know some parents you know depending on how your family grew up sometimes parents and and family were really open with conversations with money some people were very tight-lived i remember my dad my brother and i used to always ask my dad uh, because he had divorced and remarried and, and we would ask him, you know, well, how much are you worth? And he says, you don't need to know that because I don't want to leave here prematurely because you do. <laughs> and so consequently, he wound up not even having a will or anything like that. And it was just kind of a big disaster when he passed away. But we all thought that he had, and he even had conversations with me being the oldest, if anything happened to him and my stepmother, if I would take custody of uh, my, uh, half sister and raise her if something happened before, you know, she was of the age of majority. And, and so it was weird that we had these conversations and then all of a sudden, you know, there was nothing in place. And so like he started the conversation, I guess, but never quite finished it, but I never knew anything. And so baby boomers, especially that are having to take care of their parents, you know, thinking that, you know, that they would be able to enjoy their retirement. Now, they're having to take care of their parents, not to mention any kids that are returning to the nest. How do we start that conversation with our parents um, to to know what their intentions are? Because we don't even know if they had an estate plan. And if they do, what are their wishes? And, and you know, especially if you were in a family that didn't talk about money, how do you start that conversation? Well, it's an excellent question, Heather, and I think that... Um, it's something that I get asked quite often, um, and there's just been a lot of articles written lately uh, on this subject because the the uh, the increased need for baby boomers to get involved with caring for parents uh, is is really growing, and um, it. it I think that your point was very well taken. It's such an individual case-by-case situation because it really does stem a lot uh, and speaks to what your relationship 
uh, has been with your parents uh, traditionally growing up? Was money something that uh, was freely discussed? You know, in my own personal uh, situation, um, my parents uh, were never, uh, they never fully disclosed, there was no need for them to fully disclose how much money they had. But my father particularly was very mindful as he was growing older that we as children knew where all his documents were uh, in terms of his wills and his uh, banking accounts and, and things of that nature. And so as he has grown older and I've needed to take over more financial responsibility for him, the conversation is not as difficult as it is for a lot of of my clients who did not have that kind of relationship and money was always a very uh, separate and sacred, secretive uh, kind of subject within the family. So for those particular types of situations and family relationships, I generally say that if you're starting to see signs of a parent's uh, mental decline or you just want to be proactive and, and make sure that you have good planning uh, techniques and supports and documents in place, sometimes it's good to just start a conversation um, with a and maybe it's a series of conversations with a parent and start talking about your own situation saying that maybe you've just done your own estate planning and why you did it and what the experience was like and how you had maybe been resisting it because everybody does. Nobody wants to deal with it. Nobody wants to be reminded of um, their own mortality. Of their own mortality, exactly. And so um, I think if you kind of can engage emotionally the elderly parent in saying, hey, you know what? I've decided to take care of this and I have been putting it off and you know what, when I was finished I had a tremendous sense of responsibility because everything is organized and I know that there's a plan in place um, and it's going to be easy for, th- for people to pick up the pieces as needed while I'm disabled or if I was to pass. And it got me thinking about my own parents. What, how can I help them? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, do you have anything in place? Do I need to know anything that could help me help you in the event that you become disabled? You know, I think maybe we start need to start having these kinds of conversations. So I think if you kind of approach it from a caring and a concern and a sharing of your own experience, it could be a little bit um, of a, a way to kind of soften the, the topic because as parents get older, regardless of what your relationship has been with them, it is a sensitive topic because they are very aware that they're losing control of their, their physical capabilities as well as their, some of their cognitive abilities. And so that holding on to whatever they can, especially their finances, becomes even more important to them as they're older as it maybe had been when they were younger. So um, I don't think there's a, 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 a particular recipe or checklist. Um, I think it calls for really, um, as I said, a series of conversations and maybe sharing some things that have happened to people that you've known, maybe a neighbor. Uh, was elderly and that you saw what happened when 
their children really didn't know what to do and that it became a very um, costly, you know, usually cost is a way to kind of get the attention of a, of a parent. You want to avoid cost. You want to avoid tax. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that their wishes are, you know, are carried out. What would they like? Would mm-hmm. they prefer being at home if they became ill? Is there maybe a assisted living facility that they know somebody has been very happy at? Um, or maybe they have very strong wishes against certain types of long-term care plans. Um, so using examples is good, whether it's your own personal or a neighbor or a friend or something that you read in the paper, just kind of getting the, the dialogues going. Um, and the other thing that I, I would suggest is if you are successful in um, maybe getting your parent to meet with an elder law attorney, go with your parent, but that be respectful of the fact that most estate planning attorneys would uh, start the interview alone with the parent, just making them feel uh, and reassuring them that these are their wishes, their desires, empowering them to participate as much as possible, and let them be the gatekeeper as to how much they want to involve their children. Uh, and, and let the uh, attorney really kind of act somewhat as a mediator in those sensitive situations um, and and really perhaps get that elderly person to relinquish some information as the process unfolds and they become comfortable with it and they understand it, they may be more willing to um, include the children uh, in those decisions and, and to provide them with more information about their finances. Mm-hmm. I do see that. I do see that. I think that very often the elderly person will come into my office and will not want a child included in the meeting. And then as the process starts to develop, they realize they need and why they need to have the child involved, the adult child, and always ask them permission and say, you know, I think it's time maybe we let your daughter know where are your brokerage accounts and, you know, what are your wishes uh, in terms of if you became ill? Do you want to stay home? Uh, Do you want private care? Uh, Are you interested in a a nursing home? Um, And I think that when people start the process and they be Come more involved in it and experience it. It does settle their anxiety, and they do get a sense of relief because I can tell you when the process is completed, generally the feedback is very, very positive because people do, even though they've been resisting it, it's on their mind on some level, even though they're not articulating it. But they really do feel a sense of um, that accomplishment that they've taken care of this. And uh, I see it over and over again with um, elderly people that have, have been procrastinating and then uh, do take charge and, and, and do, do the planning. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, you know, we're the only species that's aware of our own mortality. And so, you know, no, nobody wants to think about that. Nobody wants to think about dying. Exactly. Nobody wants to think about not being well enough to take care of yourself and being a burden to others. Well, this has just been such an amazing time together. We are up against the clock. So if folks are interested in asking you more questions about estate planning or are considering uh, selecting an estate planning attorney and they want to interview you, how can folks get a hold of you? Well, I would encourage them to take a look at my website. It has a lot of information. It's a lot of um, articles and reports that you can download. Um, my website is amatoestateplanning.com, and um, you can contact me by sending me a, an email. If you have a question, I would be delighted to answer it for you, uh, keeping in mind that a lot of these state planning issues are state-specific because they're governed by state laws that often have impact on uh, what people um, put into place. But my email address is linda at amatoestateplanning.com. And my office number, do you want that also? Yep, give it all. Give us the good stuff. Come on now, don't hold back. Uh, my office number is 212-355-5255, and I'm located at 375 Park Avenue, which is the Seagram Building, which some people know uh, that address. It's the corner of 52nd Street and Park Avenue. And I would be delighted to hear from anyone that um, would have an interest in um, speaking about their particular situation and if I can help you that would give me great pleasure and we are so grateful that you are a part of Unlock Your Wealth Radio today Linda and for those of you who are driving around never fear UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is here all you have to do is surf over to the website and visit Linda's show page for linky links and directions to her office phone email website and more stay tuned because we've got much more Unlock Your Wealth Radio coming up right after this Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. Heather Wagonhalls here from CrackingYourMoneyCode.com. Tune in to my Unlock Your Wealth update for your daily cup of money motivation. Weekdays at 1225 during the Midday News Report on Corey's Hometown Radio, 1370 AM, WWCB. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback, and we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. 
Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls, and it is that time again for our keys to riches. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to the broadcast. We're so glad to have you a part of our show. Hopefully, you're receiving some value from today's episode. The Keys to Riches is the baker's dozen of financial concepts that not only teaches you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money, it also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest building wealth holistically while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. We do that one key at a time, one week at a time. And we are at our 12th key in the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series. We are almost done. I can't believe it. Another season in the can. And this week's key is about practicing the three R's. And it's important that we maintain the quality of our savings and spending plan. And the only way to do that And what differentiates ourselves from other budgeters and gurus is that we understand intimately that life happens. And it happens to us, it happens for us, and sometimes it happens against us and our will to be different. But in any case, we have to be flexible because the key to success isn't necessarily about strength and intestinal fortitude but it's about flexibility and the way we can respond effectively to situations by being flexible. You know, you think about that story of the mighty oak and how it gets ripped out and the seedling manages to survive a windstorm because it's flexible, because the branch can go with the wind. So we have to learn to go with what life has to deal with us and be able to be flexible with our planning, just like the seedling. And so the way we do that is we have to take and check in. Plus, like I've said before, it's a journey, not a race. And because we're fighting biology, and if you remember for those in Unlock Your Wealth Radio Nation who've been with us since the beginning of the, sh- of the season, you have learned that brain-based financial literacy says that we're biologically set up to fail at long-term money management. And so how do we stay engaged for the long haul? Well, this is one of those ways, by practicing the three R's. And I'm not talking reading, writing, and arithmetic. The three R's are review, revise, and recommit. Before we begin our review phase, you must gather some things together. So if you remember our three questions, which were, where am I, where am I going, and what's the difference? We need to go grab those three items. So where am I is our original balance sheet or the most recent one if this is a successive season for Unlock Your Wealth that you're listening to. And you also have to get where am I going. That's our goals that we wrote down to accomplish. And then our what's the difference, which is our monthly cash flow statements. Okay, so once we gather those three things, before we begin the review... Part of our, or I should say, the first step in our review, after gathering those documents, next, we read our goals. We must review our dreams with deadlines. And it's critical because we have to, three months ago, if you think about it, we created these goals. And, you know, if this is the first time you've ever started a goal achievement plan, 
you know, you may not remember exactly what you thought you set yourself up for, what your short, mid, and long-term goals are. Maybe you've gotten some. Maybe you strayed from it. In any case, you want to focus on what those goals are. And so you want to get those refreshed in your mind. So remember what it is that you wanted to accomplish and allow all of that emotion to come back as well. Because we want to get emotionally engaged. We got to raise that level of desire back up because, you know, face it, life happens. You know, because you got to go pick up the laundry and drop the kids off at school and, and your husband forgot his lunch and you got to go take it to him. And then you've got to go to work yourself and then you've got to pick little Susie up for band practice and little Johnny for soccer. And the cycle just continues and repeats itself. And so we can get lost in the day to day. And that's why it's important to review our goal achievements from our Dreams with Deadlines worksheet. Then once we get that firmly set in our mind, we are going to take our What's the Difference and take a look at month to month where our money went. And did we save money in a particular month? Did we break even or did we spend more than we anticipated in a particular month? We're going to review that and see where we are and create a new balance sheet, a new where am I. And it's going to be like a, this is our like mini State of the Union. It's our State of the Quarter address. And we're going to go through this document and that orange blossom (laughs) is choking me. Uh, And we're going to take and we're going to create a new balance sheet and we're going to compare it to the most recent one we did. And are we ahead of the game? Are we the same place we were, or did we backslide? And so this is where our review kicks in, because now that we have the hard data and we've refreshed where our goals are, now we can take and effectively review what happened. We got ahead. We whittled down some debt. We saved some money. Everything was status quo. We had a couple emergency repairs. Maybe we had to spend money we didn't anticipate, and our emergency fund wasn't in place. And so we're down money. And it doesn't matter where we are as long as we identify what the hangups were. Were they legitimate, like life happens to us that we didn't get to choose? Or did we make mistakes and make expenditures that perhaps we could have made more effective decisions? Were we not emotionally engaged in the situation? So in any case, we make our notations and we set those aside. Now we're going to ask ourselves, has anything changed in my financial situation? And, and this is where the revised key comes in, or the revised portion of this key comes in. So if things have changed, what's changed? Okay, so I just made my last car payment, so now I have an extra $400 laying around. Okay, and so maybe instead of going and buying a new car, maybe I'm just going to keep driving this car a while and use that $400 to do something else with. Another thing you can take a look at in this revised phase is um, what has changed that's going to cause more expenditures? Uh, did I take on the care of an indigent parent? Do I have an unplanned pregnancy and a little bun in the oven now? Uh, do I have a change in income? Did one or both of us lose our jobs? Am I responsible for a special needs child? You want to take a look and see what's changed in your life since the last time you did this and ask yourself these questions because once you identify these things, you can start pulling out your plan B's if some of those financial catastrophes have happened to you. So once you can figure out what changes have occurred in your life, you can then revise your savings and spending plan accordingly. 
So if you have a free $400 a month, now you can use that to whittle down other excessive debt or you can increase your savings. If things stay the same, if anything hasn't, if, if nothing's changed, you can commit to doing that again. Uh, and keeping on, keeping on. Or if you do have changes, you're going to have to change things up a bit. It doesn't mean that your goals have to go away. It just means your plan of attack to achieve them must change. But if you have some major life changes, like the care of an indigent, indigent parent or a special needs child or another kid on the way that you didn't anticipate, you may want to reevaluate some of your dreams with deadlines. And maybe some of those are not as important as they once were and push some of those back. This is the opportunity to revise both of those, not just your savings and spending plan, but maybe we need to evaluate what's really important to us and change our goals out. And then recommit. It's the final portion of our key in this keys to riches thing. And this is, again, because biology says we want to seek pleasure and avoid pain in this moment. So we have to take our newly revised goals and our new savings and spending plan, and we need to satiate our palates with as much emotion as we possibly can. Get that excitement for pursuing some of those longer-term goals back up. Because this is what keeps you in the game, and this is where the rubber meets the road, and this is why millionaires succeed where others fail, because they can re-engage with the dream, and they can reconnect with what it's going to look like and sound like and feel like and smell like, and they know that it's going to be great, and they can live that future moment right now. And when they can paint that picture and feel good in this moment right now about what the future is going to look like, it totally changes the perspective and it shifts the paradigm of which you operate to achieve those goals. And that's the place you want to be mentally when you go and recommit to this next three months. And you want to be able to do this quarterly. And when we do this quarterly and when we monitor our money and we pay attention to what our daily dollars are doing, then the rest will take care of itself. And soon enough, you'll have retrained this behavior of frivolous spending, not saving, flying by the seat of your pants, and replace them over time with these great behaviors where you don't have to monitor your money every minute. Maybe you only have to do your five minutes of financial wellness every morning. Maybe you can do it every other day or once a week do a check on your finances. But you have to ingratiate these new behavior patterns now and you have to do them every day and condition them in. You know, when you have a serious accident or any kind of nerve damage or injury where you have to have physical therapy, like you have to learn how to walk again from a bad car accident or something like that, they say it takes three to 5,000 times for that to become automatic. So you have to get good at being automatic. And if you are more than 20 or 30 years old, You've got some heavy time invested in your current behaviors, and it's critical that we focus on paying attention to what our daily dollars are doing so when these quarterly checkups come, you'll pass them with flying colors, and then you'll be able to back off on the intensity because you've retrained the behavior. For this week's key statement, key action item, and key... Uh, 
commitment, visit our website at unlockyourwealthradio.com. And I still grabbed the wrong paper. Here we go. (laughs) I have it now. Uh, And for more in-depth interviews with money experts, strategies, and members-only tools to fix your credit, get out of debt, and have more money and happiness, do what other savvy listeners have and visit unlockyourwealthradio.com where you go to get your money mind right so your wealth and happiness will follow. Become an Insiders member today and start receiving the benefits of millionaire wisdom right now. Today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For Unlock Your Wealth Radio and Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonoff. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhall from the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2013 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com. 